Welcome to another episode of JMS Podcast. Got a great episode today. Today, I interview a good friend of mine, comedian Falco. That's right. I uh, had a good talk. If you would like to contact me, you can contact me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the show either on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher. I'm sure if you're listen, listening to this right now, you're using one of them. And check out the Facebook page, JMS Podcast. Uh, I'm putting a, a lot of good stuff there for you guys. Pictures, videos. Well, videos not yet, but I'm working on it. Getting on that. Oh, uh, heads up. There will not be an episode of JMS Podcast next week. I will be in San Diego. Yeah. Hopefully I hit up some mics in San Diego. Good friend of mine is uh, getting married over there. And, um, yeah, looking forward to it. I'm the best man, apparently. That's right, me, the best man. And I still don't know exactly what to do. For now, I just assume that, you know, make sure he has a good time at his bachelor party. Make sure he's having a good time. I'm pretty sure best man, they take care of the bride, right? Like, we make sure the bride doesn't run away. So, I guess start exercising. Because uh, the bride, who's also my friend, she's pretty fast. So, if she decides to bounce, I, you know, I got to be ready for that. I don't know. Best man. First time I'm ever going to be a best man. Hopefully, I don't fuck it up. Oh, and there's the toast. I have to write a toast. That's right. But, hey, at least all this is happening in sunny San Diego. I've been to San Diego before. I really liked it. It was really nice. Uh, the beach is nice. People are cool. I was a little confused though, because I was in LA. In LA, I saw a shitload of Mexicans. I went to San Diego, didn't see many Mexicans there. It was weird. I was like, we're close to the border. Where are the Mexicans at? And then I guess it just depends on what part of San Diego my friend's from. But I'm really happy for them. I hope it all goes well. Uh, to be frank, I'm actually very excited about the road trip I'm heading down there. I th- for me, I, I always get excited about the journey to places. So I get excited I'll be driving along the coast or I'll be driving a certain area of California or anywhere. Yeah, that's always the most exciting part for me. It's a little weird. But yeah, looking forward to it. Alright, let's head over to the interview. You're listening to the JMS Podcast and here's Faco. Faco here in the studio. How's it going, Faco? What's going on, Jorge? Faco, is, is that... I know that's your stage name, Faco. Uh, what's your real name? Real name is undisclosed, man. I just go by Faco. That's how I go, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we start off swinging. <laughs> Already. Uh, yeah, do you mostly try to keep your, your stage or your comedy life separate from your regular life? Does that make sense? Yeah. I do, I do, I try and do. Uh, I've been going by Faco since 2001, 2002. And that's my stage name that I went by. How did you come up with a stage name mm-hmm. like that? All right, okay, here's the, how I came up. I was hanging out with my friends, drinking and smoking, and we, we, I, we used to rap all the time. 
Used to be a rapper. I used to rap all the time. I still rap all the time. You, you bust know? a flow? I can bust a flow on the podcast of Jorge's, you know? Hold on. <clears throat> now, but uh, I said something like, yo, man, yo, I'm coming through and I'm eating tacos. Yo, you could call me young <laughs> Faco. It just came out of my mind, my but, mouth, right? Right. And then all of a sudden, since that day, all my friends started calling me Faco. It just came out of nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. It just came out of nowhere. Like the universe, like possessed you to say it exactly and, and you it know stuck yeah you know and it gave and that name and that name stayed with me all my friends and then uh um i started going djing with that name and uh okay we that, go. but i know you when i first met you you, you did stand up mm-hmm. uh but then you you do you do it in such a different style where it's a combination of stand-up and improv mm-hmm. and uh, it, which makes you unique in, in a way that you're you're moving around and you sometimes think of things on the spot. And do you? Question is, what came first, improv or stand up? Improv came first, definitely. I used to do improv. I started doing into uh, improv in 2011. Where at? Uh, End Games Improv. Where's that at? In San Francisco, and they used to be right on Mason, and then now they moved to the Mission. It's called Stageworks, and they got their own. Uh, building now too they're growing they're growing and i started doing improv and improv is like sketch comedy right you go on stage and you make it up and i was in a point in my life where like i wanted to try something new i was like let's see 2011 man i was like 30 years old around my early 30s Mm -hmm. i'm like i always wanted to do improv man and now's the time now i have the time now i have a little bit of money in my pocket i can go and do it and i said it's now or never and then i did improv Till about last year, you know, till I stopped doing it about last year, you know, and but by that time, how long has it like you've been doing improv for? Like for how long? Twenty eleven to about twenty uh, fourteen, say twenty fifteen. So four years of four improv, years. yeah. And did, when did you start stand up? I started it in uh, let's see, twenty fifteen, twenty thirteen, October of twenty thirteen. Okay, so about two, three years now. Three, two well, years. We had two, no, no, wait, wait, let's see. Let me see. 2013, we're almost at two years, let's say that. So October of 2013, we're almost at two years, you know? Uh-huh. You know, and I started doing it, and I just got the... It, I, it, that's what gave me my balls, the improv, you know? Because I'm going on stage making up things on the spot, you know? That's hard thing to do, you know what I'm saying? That's a hard thing to do, and sometimes I'd be on stage for 30 minutes just making up stuff on the spot and then i was like man i could i should go do stand-up man i want i want to tell jokes and it's two 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 totally different forms Jorge. improv you're with people and you got kind of like a backup team you Mm -hmm. can rely on each other right stand-up you know it's a dictatorship you know (laughs) right it's us and we got the agenda we got the plan and we have to execute it you know and and it's a dictatorship. It's only one person, and you know, no one to blame but yourself if it doesn't do good or if it does good. You know, so uh, what's it called? It really gave me my balls. It gave me the balls to go out and do stand up. So, do you feel like stand up is ch- more challenging than improv? Because for me, I I think improv is more challenging, honestly. Yeah, I, right. I have a, I'm a harder time with improv, and mostly because you factor in like you mentioned uh, your team players, right? You gotta rely on other people. Mm-hmm. And me, I'm always, always freaking out about, like, not letting them down or freaking out, like, trying to be funny because, you know, improvers are hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of respect for them. 
but like I, I guess my brain doesn't doesn't work like that. I can't. I don't know what it is. I, um, it you know it's it comes easy to some people. It doesn't come. It comes very hard. You know, and it's just about how you got to keep doing it and doing it and doing it, and then finally something snaps. You know. Um, but yeah, stand up stand up comedy's tough, you know. Uh, what's your process coming up with material? Because I'm sure there are two different processes for both improv and stand up. Yeah, uh, as far as for stand up, let's see. Um, I take I try and do I try and take a lot of real stories that I have, you know, real stories. Like I'm big on like the truth right now. Right now, at this point, just bringing out the truth, stuff that happened, stuff I see on the on the bus, stuff when I used to work at a bar. I could bring a bunch of stories. Which bar did you used to work? I used at? to work at a hotel bar at the Marriott, you know, in and, San Jose, and in Palo Alto, oh. like in the Peninsula, right? And I have all these stories. I did that for five, six years, and I have all these stories of characters from all around the world that came to the bar and said things, or did things, or I saw them do things. That I sometimes just bring up a story that I remember. And it's got to be all from memory, you know, because I got to remember it, you know. You know how it is like, oh, man, I remember when this happened, you know. And when something like clicks, then I'll talk about it on the on the stage, you know. Uh, you know, I try and also look around, try and get inspired by people, you know. So um, I try and get everything, man, especially like. Frascati's, that's where I first saw you, right? Cafe Frascati's. Did we meet you at Frascati's? Yeah, I uh, saw you. I'm pretty sure that's where I first most saw li- you. Most likely. A lot, of right? people, a lot of people meet me at Frascati's. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved when you used to op- host a comedy Monday night. I used to go there every week. Oh, you know? thank you, man. All the time, you know? I loved it. And that's where I got to know you. And um, sometimes I'll sit in the back by where the beers are. There's a TV, right? Yeah. You know? And sometimes I'll talk to comedians or I sometimes see the TV and... I'll get stuff that inspires me. Like I'll see a movie preview. I'll hear somebody talking. And Cafe Frascati is to me is like that's where I first did my comedy set. First set ever. Really? Yeah, Cafe Frascati. This is before my time, right? Before your time. Uh it wasn't uh Dave. It was Joe. Joe was yeah. hosting it. Yeah. You know? Dave was on your first podcast ever, right? Yeah, Dave Fournier. Fournier. From Time We Decide. And now he hosts the Tuesday night open mic at Frascati. But before him it was Joe. I don't know his last name, but it was Joe, and he and I did I did that mic when he was running it, and that was my first time at Frascati's. So it's like Frascati's is like I could do anything, you know. I th- I think you feel like that. I feel like yeah, I feel Frascati's home base. It's home base for right. us, you know. And we could do anything. It's like we could fail, and it's not gonna be that bad because hey, you know. Uh, there been a couple times <laughs> where I bombed yeah. at Frascati yeah. and just wanted to. Jump into the freeway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess comfortable. I'm comfortable there, mm-hmm. definitely. That's the whole thing. It's like our dojo. It's our dojo. You know, we go in there and we try stuff out and we try material and what's it called? You hope it works. You hope it doesn't. But I, for me, I feel like my balls are bigger there because <laughs> I could try out all this this stuff. Even if I hear silence, I still can try it out there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go to a new mic. I feel like when I go to a new mic, I, I need to, I want to give them my A shit. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. they've never seen me before. So I want them to remember me that I can make them laugh. You know? So what's it called? For Scotties, I always try and do new stuff there. Especially there. I love doing new stuff there. How was it for your first time? 
Oh, man. It's one of those things where, like, I called my friend after my show, and I was like, dude, I fucking ripped it up. Let's stand up, man. I'm the best, you know? Yeah. And I thought it was so good, and I had a great show my first time ever, and then that all changed the second show I ever did. Guess where I was? So, wait, hold on. Go ahead. So, so your first time you killed. Is that what you're telling me? First time I did really good. Really good. Everyone was listening. They got every story, and I was... Can, can I get an example of, of, of what you talked about? Um, I talk, Like, here's a story. I told a long story about me hanging out with my cousin, right? Mm-hmm. And the first time I... Uh, the last time I saw him, he had a shaved head. This time I saw him, he had long dreads, right? Like yeah. dreadlocks, right? And we're hanging out, and then he goes, By the way, Faco, <laughs> I got in a fight last week, and I beat the shit out of somebody. So they might be looking for us, you know? <laughs> Right? right, so a whole time I'm walking around thinking people are gonna jump out and kick our ass, you know, and then that's kind of where the story goes on, and I talk about what happened and everything like that, you know. And you killed. I did good. And I then did and really then, good. And then you did the second mic, which you say you bombed. I bombed. Where was that at? Everybody's favorite, Woodhams, man. Woodhams, Woodhams <laughs> let me know. Woodhams will let you know, man. Dude, dive bars will let you know. Woodhams, Caravan. These, like I've said it before so many times, these will make a man out of you in comedy. They, they will. They, that's where, you know, that's where the true testing grounds, in my opinions, is at. Because uh-huh. there's a chance that it's usually it's not the same crowd. Mm-hmm. And you, you just got to try extra hard to, to, to put your A game out there. Exactly. Because for Scotty, as comfortable as I am there, you know, people know you. Mm-hmm. And people mm-hmm. know you, they like you already. Right, right, right. And on top of that, you know, the, the cafe crowd is... um. I mean, it's great to a certain extent, but it doesn't really challenge you as much. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? But the bar crowd, it, that's where gold is at. It, that's where it is, and you got to win them over, man. It's like fucking Roman times. You know what I'm saying? You got to win the crowd over. And, and it's intimidating, right? It's hella intimidating. Because it, it's first. dark, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's <laughs> dark. It's in the, a bar at the corner of the plaza, yeah. you know? And what's it called? It's a great room, though. Don't get me wrong. Woodham's hosted by Pete Munoz. You yeah. know, great room. It's it's a great spot. You Actually, know? I I went. I used to go to Woodham's a lot. I used to live in Cupertino, mm. but I didn't know they had a uh, on Monday nights. They had um comedy. Uh-huh. I, I used to go there on Fridays because uh-huh. the uh, the musicians they had on Fridays it was like bluesy rock and roll. Mm-hmm. It was like the only real entertainment going on in that area, <laughs> and yeah, like. And it wasn't until, like, later where, you know, I transferred over to San Jose State, and now I'm over here in San Jose. Then I got into comedy, where I was like, holy shit, this whole time, there's this goldmine of comedy back when I was living in the area. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, dude, and um, that was my second show, Woodhams. I did I did bad. I did really bad, and it was a chin check. It would let me know, hey, man, you're not ready. You better go out and fucking go do each mic try and do five six seven mics a week you know mm-hmm. and get ready you know so woodham's let me know that i had to be a better comic cafe frescate just made me feel at home and i still love i got so much love for cafe frescate you know what i'm saying uh-huh. yeah so that's that's my first two shows what other mics do you hit up these days oh man i love i'm a big fan of porthouse bistro Mm. Porras Bistro Tuesday nights. Dude, I, I, I gotta check out their Po Boys. Oh, oh man. I'm really big into the Louisiana scene when yeah, it comes to food. Yeah, the food is good. Yeah. But I never performed there. No. You should do it. See, the only problem with uh, Porras Bistro is that it starts at 6.30, so it's pretty early. So a lot of people who have school, have work, it's hard, it's hard for them to get down there. 
but it's an important spot and this is why it's important because it's an older crowd mm-hmm. it's an older crowd they play blues they play old school rock and you need to know how to make older crowds laugh it's it, it's important you i mean you one thing is making fun of uh making young people laugh but making older people laugh that's an important thing you need it's to learn funny you say that i just had a conversation uh because i've recently uh, f- uh organized a film festival right. for San Jose state university right. it was mostly student work and i had a conversation with a with a um with a professor who was a filmmaker himself and mm-hmm. he was like yeah you know it's great for young people to make films most it seems like it's geared towards most of their friends for mm-hmm. these films right, right. and you know but the real wh- who you should really be impressing with their films and I'm sure this applies to art I'm sure this applies to uh, to comedy is the older generation of people mm-hmm. you need to impress them because they're the ones with the money they got the they're established <laughs> they're st- they That's got the, the money big thing. they got money they're established you know they got a venue or they got they know the right people but at the same time you just need to know how to make an older person laugh because you know we can make people laugh our age but when you got to make fun of when you got to make a 50 year old laugh that's different because we don't look at the things same things they're the same you know Mm -hmm. so it's very important that the poorhouse bistro i cut my teeth there a lot you know i learned a lot there and i always make it a point to go there because you gotta make the older crowd laugh you gotta know how to do it you know so i like poorhouse bistro tuesday night 6 30 to 9 i believe okay cool and i know you're comedian but also something you surprised me with is you're a goddamn great musician oh now get out of here you're Thank a great you. musician man. Well, oh, man you don't think you're no i just appreciate you saying that you know thank you uh how long have you been playing music so since uh two well i was in a band i i, was, I started on the drums oh really you're a percussionist i'm a, a drummer drummer man what I, kind of music uh it was basically rock you know but i was in a couple bands one band was called cast of characters was this like back in your 20s? Yeah, early 20s. You know, cast the characters, all my friends. They're all my friends. And then another band was Bomb Scare that turned into Conning the Blind. And that was a metal f- metal band, but with like really rhythmic, funky stuff, you know? Uh-huh. One of the best bands ever. And uh, I was in a couple bands, and we just played shows around here. We used to play at the Cactus Club. I don't know if you remember that. It's not around no more. It's before my time. Yeah. We played everywhere. Uh, we tried to play. We played at a bunch of places that no longer exist. And so that's where I started. you were already in, in the entertainment scene. You yeah. were already in the music scene. Yeah, 2001. That's when I started hitting, like, stages, you know? And I was the drummer. And then I'd also get be from behind the drums and go to the mic and start singing. You know, we'd switch off. You know, I had another friend that played the drums in the band. He'd go on the drums and I'd go on the microphone and I'd sing, you know. How long have you been singing for? I mean, like, not how long, but it's more like, you know, what, what got you into singing? Um, oh, it's just, I used to have a, we used to have a studio on 4th Street called The Practice Place. Have you heard of seen this? It's by The Matrix. Huh. No, it's still there, but it's basically bands, rent a studio, and you have 24-hour access and you can be as loud as you want, basically, right? And you can jam and... We had a room there for five, six years, and we'd play every night, every day, two in the morning, two in the afternoon, and that's where I learned a lot of my music. So, 2001, I just singing and singing and singing until I realized, hey, I like to sing, you know, I want to sing, you know. Who are some of your musical inspirations? Oh, man, I always tell people I love Sublime. Bradley Knoll was a huge influence 
on me. So a West Co- West Coast sound. West Coast sound, yeah. You know, as far as rap, I love Ghostface Killer. I also like uh, who else on, around the West Coast? Um, Chili Peppers. I'm a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan. Anthony Kiedis. You know, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I love him too. I like kind of style music. I love, you know. And the guitar, you've been playing guitar for a while as well? 2005, so it's 10 years now I've been playing guitar. Is there any guitarist that stands out? For me, oh man, that's a that's good. I mean, like Bradley knows a good guitarist, a very underrated guitarist. Oh man, you know, the legendary Jimi Hendrix, of course. Oh, fuck yeah. But see, I'm not much of a solo guitarist. You know, you hear solo, you know what a solo is. Your rhythmic guitar? Yeah, I'm more, you know, I like writing songs, rhythmic, and singing. I don't I don't really do solos. I never really wanted to do solos. I just want to sing and play songs, that's all. Yeah. You're a multifaceted uh, <laughs> entertainer, man. That's awesome. Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. Have you ever it. considered incorporating music with your comedy? I I have and I have. I I don't know if I, you've seen me. I used to bring a percussion drum. No. Like bongos? Have, yeah, a little conga. A little conga. A little conga. And I would, I would basically, it always worked every time I came. I would do a joke and then go, you know, start drumming, right? Right. Go to the next joke, finish the joke, start drumming, you know? <laughs> and it, it uh, what was good about it is it set a rhythm. And I don't know, in comedy, there's there's a thing about rhythm. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes you could, you could catch that rhythm, and it doesn't matter how funny your jokes are it, or how good your jokes are, as long as you catch the rhythm and everybody will laugh, you know? I don't know if you've noticed that, but there's like a, sometimes a rhythm to stand-up comedy, you know? Yeah, yeah. You I, feel, know. I feel there's a rhythm to a lot of things. A lot like, of when it comes rhythmic. to performance. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. You know, so I used to do that. I got a couple funny songs on guitar that people think they're funny. I, it's funny that I think I'm people being. People think. Are fu- yeah. do, do you think you are funny? Um, I'm a funny guy, maybe, but I don't know. I'm still trying to work on if I'm funny. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. People tell me like I. Here's the thing: why? Because I'll do something. Go check this song out just wrote this yesterday right uh-huh. and i do a song and i'm thinking i'm serious like uh-huh. it's coming real and then somebody's laughing like oh that's hilarious man i don't want it to be funny but somehow it comes out to be funny uh, you know do you feel like that's a big problem uh it's not a big problem because as long as they're laughing it's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's not a big problem i guess no. that's a, a bit of a setback for people in, in the comedy world is like you know when when they are trying to be serious People don't take him seriously because they assume that, oh, I'm waiting for the punchline. Yeah, waiting, waiting for the, the punchline. He's a funny guy, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like one of those things where the grass is greener, you know? There's times where you want to be taken serious, and there's times where you want to be funny, you know? The guy who's always serious wants to be taken funny. The guy who's always funny wants to be taken serious. It's the grass is greener on the other side. You know? <laughs> yeah. Who are some of your inspirations for comedy? Mm. Oh, man, that's a good one. The number one guy, he wasn't even a stand-up comedy. But he influenced me so much as Chris Farley, dude. And you can kind of see it when I go on stage where I move around. I can't help it. I like the way he moves around. Sometimes I'll even copy him. I don't care. I love Chris Farley, dude. <laughs> He's a kingpin. Like, sometimes I mean, I, move I mean, you're, you're you're copying his 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 physical movement. You're not, you're not no, actually copying his no. jokes, are no, you? No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Then you might yeah, have a yeah, problem. Then you have a problem. But, but if you're like, emulating him, it's different. But yeah. like his mannerisms, sometimes I move around left to right. You know, he used to go, like, you know. Chris Farley was such. A huge influence on me, you know. And Chris Farley was on was along that boat where he got tired of people taking him as a joke. Oh, really? Yes, yeah, so he got really depressed. 
because he's like, you know, it seems like people just want me to be that funny fat guy. And, yeah. And sometimes I got real things to say. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was watching one of his interviews on YouTube, and it was, it was sad. Yeah. No, that's the whole thing, man. I, I don't mean I didn't mean to bring down your, your no, idol no, no, that's okay. But, no, no, but, no. But Chris Farley, Chris Farley, any other inspirations? Oh man, I like a lot. Of, like, uh, you know, I can't even do. People get mad at me, but I like Carlos Mancia when he did stand up. This is back in the day, like ninety eight, ninety nine. I used to see him. Yeah, and I mean, he was fucking hilarious, dude. I, I can't deny that. I I I was on the Mancia train. For yeah, a bit I was when it first came out. You know, I I was a I was a huge fan of him, and then all this shit happened about how he steals jokes and everything. But whatever, you know, I liked him. I like Def Comedy Jam. Do you remember that at all? Yeah. I watched Def Comedy so much. I realized that Martin Lawrence was a huge influence on me. He did stand up, and you remember his show Martin? Uh-huh. He was a radio DJ, you know, on his show. So he influenced me so much, man. Martin Lawrence, he was good. People these days forget that Martin Lawrence was a stand-up. Yeah, they hella forget, but he was a funny guy. He's just a funny guy, you know? And I don't know what happened. I haven't seen him lately anytime soon, but Martin Lawrence was a huge, huge influence on me. Yeah, man. Anybody else? Uh, let's see. Who else did I like growing up? Uh, SNL. I watched Saturday Night Live all the time. So Sandler, David Spade was a good stand-up comedian. Uh-huh. Uh you know, a lot of those sketch shows, you know, I like Phil Hartman, Louis Anderson. Do you remember him? He used to oh. host Family Feud. I think that yeah, guy's yeah. a funny motherfucker, too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I have a thing for big guys. Then I don't know if you noticed. I like fat guys. I like big guys because what it reminds me of me. You know what I'm saying? You you as a big guy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that big guy could get on TV. I could get on TV. Exactly. And he's moving around and he's in front of the show. And I used to be much bigger than I used to, than I am right now. I used to be like 350, you know, in high school. So you play sports in high school? Uh, no, I never played any team sports, but I, I, I had a basketball court, so I played basketball. Which high school did you go to? Fremont High School. The one in... Uh, in uh, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. See, I get confused because I assume Fremont, the city. Yeah. But it's a high school called Fremont in Santa Clara. Santa, see, I already forget Sunnyvale. Yeah. Hey, and I'll give you a, here's a good trivia. I was the first class that graduated under the Firebirds. They used to be called the Fremont, uh, They used to, their mascot used to be the Indians. But then the Indians. What kind of know, Indians? You know, like, uh, like uh, you was know. It, it was like the Ohlone Indians or something? Or? I don't know what brand, but, you know, they were totally talking about, you know, American Indians. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So they, they had their mascot with feathers and everything <laughs> like that. And then the American Indians got pissed. Right, right. Them, so, yeah. Yeah. And they told them, change your fucking mascot. So we changed. We're the first c- class that graduated as the Fremont Firebirds. Any birds get offended by that? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Pigeons are flying around <laughs> Pooping on everybody You know <laughs> So you You were born and raised here uh, The South Bay Yeah I was born and raised In Sunnyvale, California I lived in Sunnyvale For 30 years And now I live in San Jose mm. you know? How was it, Like how many siblings Did you have I had two older brothers One younger sister Oh I'm, So you're mm-hmm. like In the lower end of, Yeah Okay mm-hmm. How was that growing up it was good. It was good. It was good. I mean, I'm basically first generation here. I was born here. I'm the first generation. Where's your family from? Guadalajara, ah. Mexico. <laughs> Jalisco. Jalisco. Yeah, around there, man. So there, that's where they were born. Do you come from a, a family of entertainers? My mom is a big entertainer. I noticed that she can make songs up too. Yeah. Yeah. So you got yeah. the creative gene in you. Yeah. Yeah. So she has the one where. 
the creative gene. My dad actually has a good voice, but he never shared it. He's just very shy and very quiet man. Only yeah. in the shower. Yeah, only in the shower. But everyone, but when you hear him sing, it's like, oh man, he's got a good voice. You know, he has a voice of an angel. You know. But he looks like a Norteño, you know? <laughs> but no, he has got a great voice, dude. So you grew up listening to uh, Mexican music? Yeah, I took Spanish music. I remember disco music, too, because I'm a lot older than you. So I remember disco music. What, what era did you... 80s is all my childhood. 80s. Like, uh, 1 through 10. Literally, 1 through 10. In 1980, I was 2 years old. You know? So, what's it called? When, um, all my grades... Um, elementary school, 80s, junior high, high school, 90s, and college, you know? Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, any of your siblings do anything entertaining? Why? <sighs> Let's see. My older brother, no. My older brother, my older brother was like a George Clooney. He got a lot of ladies. You know, <laughs> he was. The He's an actor. Man. Is that what you're playing? No, no. He just he knew how to talk to the women. You know what I'm saying? My second oldest brother, he's another good-looking guy. He looked like AC Slater. Uh, you know, from, from Saved by the Bell. Okay. Mario Lopez, you know. Yeah. Look like that guy, but he's very religious. Is he? Hella religious. Christian. Christian. Uh, or Catholic or? No, Christian. Everybody thinks I'm Catholic. I'm not Catholic. You know. Is he a preacher or? He, he, no, he's not a preacher, but you know, he speaks God's word. You know, so he's big religious. And then there's me, where I started. I wanted to do entertainment, and there's my sister, and she's a funny girl. You know what I'm saying? She could always out funny me all the time but she doesn't do it you know she doesn't yeah. go on stage or anything like has that. any of your family seen you perform my sister is the only person who's seen me perform as far as uh comedy how did that go was she like proud of you or, yeah, or was she fine. like maybe you should stop or no nah, nah? she's all right with this she's all right with it you she's know right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she lets me know what i love about my sister she lets me know what works and what doesn't work mm. you know she lets me know she doesn't sugarcoat shit how often does she do that? Uh, whenever I invite, like I go to Rooster's Tea Feathers. You've been there? Have you done that show? Have you done Rooster? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have. I, I did. I performed there once. I got signed up again. That was a fun room. Sweet. Yeah. So every time I go to Rooster's Tea Feathers, I always invite her, and she lets me know. Hey, you know, you need to stop talking about a joke. If you don't hear people laughing, stop talking about it and go to the next one. Okay. You know, sometimes you know you just gotta stop. <laughs> she's coaching you. Yeah, she's letting me know because she's like. Uh, what do you call her? Like a project manager? Is that what it is? Yeah. She lets me know. She knows what's working and what doesn't. That's good to have. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Like, you know, you see like some comedians doing the same jokes that are just bombing. And you're like, the thing is, you feel bad. Like, you don't want to tell them. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is like, you know, maybe there's jokes I say and nobody wants to tell me yeah. that are bad. Right, but right. I keep saying them. Uh-huh. Uh, I I like recently, uh, yeah, last week I was I, I was really hating myself. I was uh-huh. like, there's one joke I do I like, but nobody laughs. Mm-hmm. So is it worth doing? And I, I I just need somebody to be like, sorry, it's not working. But since I'm not getting it, I'm still doing it. So you know. See, here's the thing. I got a bunch of jokes like that where I like the joke so much, but nobody's laughing. But then you gotta start thinking like the way I think about it. Who's up here? Who fucking came down? To do this show You know Who's the one Putting their balls on the line It's you It's me It's whatever person That was on the stage So What's it called If you feel like You want to do this joke Fucking do it Screw everyone Because you're the only You're the Like I said It's a dictatorship You know <laughs> It's a dictatorship You know But you know eh, You know Everyone's different How do you deal with hecklers 
I'm okay right now. I haven't had too many one. I had, I haven't had too many uh, bad people. You know what I'm saying? Usually, you know, knock on wood, knock on wood, but I can handle them pretty okay. You know what I'm saying? I just go right, right at them. I headlined Frescades. Remember when you, mm-hmm. when you put me on Frescades and you let me headline? Yeah. Remember that? There was that fucking heckler there. Do you remember that night? He was heckling all the com- comedians. I need to apologize for that. <laughs> no, uh, no. There's a lot of shit happening in the back mm-hmm. that I had to deal with. Mm-hmm. So my, 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 I couldn't really concentrate on the show. Yeah. So I apologize. But I heard about it. I heard there was a heckler there. Mm-hmm. Which if I was there, I would have asked him to tone down or kick yeah. him out. But, you know, there was a lot of shit happening on that night. Yeah, that night. <laughs> that, that, and that, it just. I had my mind had to be somewhere else. Yeah, but, and it's cool because it's, no matter what, I I handled it because I, he started heckling me and he said something stupid. I know he said something racist. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I went right at him, you know, and I and I put all the attention on him and I made him walk out. He walked out of out of Frescati's after nice. that. You know, so it's you know it's all good. You know what I'm saying? But I but, try not to be mean. I have this whole thing. Going that, that was actually my last time hosting there, that right? Your, no. No, you had Butch Escobar, didn't you? Was your last one? No, he he he. In the he end, canceled? he canceled. Oh. And I had. Yeah, you're right. It was second to last time I hosted. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it was the second to last, and the only reason why I headlined is because of you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. No, I mean I see you hustling, man. Thanks, bro. I appreciate. And that was it. the whole point of having the uh, headlining position was was a to have people you know really practice their material because. You do five minutes. You don't know really if you could do f- 10, 15, yeah. 20, 30, you know. So f- when I when I made the format, I made sure to include for uh, people comedians to really test out their jokes and how much endurance they have on mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, do 15 to 30. It's up to you. What yeah. do you feel comfortable with? And also, you know, to attract um, other comedians to come down to San Jose and kind of, you know, have them network with the comedians here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but yeah, I was glad. I'm I'm happy that you headlined. Yeah, it was great because uh, I did I did the longest I ever did stand up, 17 minutes. I did 17 minutes of stand up comedy, and then you remember I did I brought one of my friends and we did improv, mm-hmm. sketch improv, which was weird because apparently yeah. you guys haven't met for a while. Yeah, we I well once I found out that you booked me, yeah. I started calling them because we wanted to do some improv. And I was like, dude, so we practiced once a week for three weeks, and then we came in. And then it was okay, you know. Okay. <laughs> it was okay, okay, barely okay, you know what I'm saying? But I was happy with it because we did it. That's the mm-hmm. whole. That's the whole thing about improv. Just go out there and do it, you know. Uh, you do comedy in the city, is San Francisco as well, right? Yes, yes, sir. Do you see uh, a difference doing stand up over there and here? Um, it's the same. It's just brighter and bigger. San Francisco is the New York City of of the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's a huge city and um, people are all right there. You know, I got no problem with that. Um, uh, Maybe the one thing I see about comedians is that they want to sound smart, you know, in San Francisco. But, hey, that's just my opinion. I don't know if it's true or not. Sound smart. They want to talk about smart issues and smart subject matter. That's what I feel like over there, you know. But uh, it's still a good crowd. A lot of people over there. I like San Francisco. I'm a big fan. Yeah, but uh, it's all about the same. We're all the same. You hear about? You never heard about the the San Jose San Francisco rivalry? No. 
It's like it's like Biggie and Tupac, man. <laughs> but uh, it's all. Or good. instead of East Coast versus West Coast, it's it's, it's uh, North Bay versus, versus South, South Bay. Bay. <laughs> yeah, man. It's just like if you hear uh, you don't talk to comedians, you talk to comedians, and everybody's got an opinion about it. But all the same, we're all guys making jokes, trying to make people fun. And girls. Yeah. Don't forget the gals. Yeah, don't forget the gals. I'm sorry. I always do, but I don't mean to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but yeah, I did. But no, there's a lot of good good girl comedians, you know. Uh, Jessica Seeley from, I think she's in Oakland area. She's funny. Uh, I like Iris Benson. She's from around here. She's San Jose. Yeah. You know, Shannon Murphy was in the fucking finals, dude. Of what? Of uh, the Rooster Teeth Feathers comedy competition. You mm. know what I'm saying? See, competitions. I haven't really think I'm ready for that. I haven't really mm. signed up for any of that. Have you done tournaments, competitions? I did that this year. How did it go? Oh, man. I had a good set. Guess what number I was? What number? One. <laughs> I started off the whole show. That you, you, night. you opened up the show. I opened up the show. I was number one, and I knew I was going to get it. Once I picked the number before I even, it's a raffle, right? You you grab a uh, paper, and you find out what your number is. And before I even opened, I was like, yeah, I know I'm going to get number one, and I was number one. Wow. You know? Do you feel like you get like, uh, what's the word? Was it uh, SP or? What do you mean SP? I don't know what I'm talking about. Or you, you have intuition. Yeah, I had an intuition that okay. night. And that was the my intuition. I'm going to get number one. And I got number one. And I had to open up the slot. And I had and I started off the whole night. And I had a good set. Everything worked. I did a callback, you know. And I ended good. I started off good ended good. And I know I did good. Like, I know it. But I didn't make it to the next round. You know what I'm saying? What do you think? Like... I don't see. That's my problem with some of these tournaments because I just don't know how they're handled. Because as far as I hear, is whoever brings the most friends to cheer them on, kind of. That's pretty much what it is at Rooster Teeth Feathers. It's like you, it's a bringer show, so you bring more people, you're most likely gonna move on to the next round, right? That's how it usually is. But uh, what's it called? And I thought I brought people, and I still didn't get to the next round. But it's okay. And I, for I took a week off. I was like. This sucks, man. I thought I did good, but what wrapped my, my brain about it is like, no matter where you go, you always have to put a good show, right? Yeah. That's the number one thing. Even if it's a losing battle. Even if it's a losing battle. But at least I went up there and I made them laugh. There you go. And that's the number one thing. Everywhere you go, you make them laugh. You don't care if you fuck placing. We want a place. I want a place. I want to win the fucking competition, but it didn't happen. But no matter what, I went up there. And I made them laugh. I know I made them laugh, so I'm happy. It took me like two weeks, actually, to, for me to get, for, for, me, for me to like, yeah, okay, okay, for, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, also, for two weeks, you were heard about it? Mm-hmm. I'm still heard about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm still heard. I should have been in the next round, but no matter what, it's all good. I made them laugh. I went up there, and there's always next year. Do you feel like, do, since you started doing stand-up, you're a bit more competitive? Um... Not with other people. I don't really care about that. You know what I'm saying? I just, it's just, I go up there, or my job is to make them laugh. My job is also to feel good up there, too. You know what I'm saying? And I want to know that when I go up there, they're going to remember me, and they're going to maybe laugh a couple of my jokes. And maybe, and there's the thing, it's another thing about comedy. I think we talked about this. There's certain comedians that want everybody to love them, and there's certain comedians that just want to get a reaction 
out of them, right? And which I find bullshit because you should expect a reaction already. Already, right? yeah. In my opinion, it's like, oh, I'm gonna say, I don't know, something super offensive to get right. a reaction. No, it's bullshit because you gotta determine what reaction you want to get out of them. Mm-hmm. That because you need to set yourself a goal, right? And that's how you measure, you know, your your work. It's like, right. did, I re- did I did I meet my goal or did yeah. I not meet my goal? Uh huh. So this whole reaction reactionary uh, uh, mentality, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, it's it, it's just bullshitty, like amateur, and you know, it just makes no sense to me. It's illogical. Hmm. It's like me making a film and be like, because but this is me coming from a writing background. If I'm writing uh. something and I'm, I'm not like, oh, I want them to get this reaction. Right. It's like no, this is the reaction I hope they get. If they interpret it differently that's up to them right. but me writing this story this is the reaction I want people to know I'm mm-hmm. writing this because I've already a goal in mind right whether it's film whether it's screenwriting and also uh, music as well it's like you know if, if you want to say hey I want to you know kind of bring an audience to a another level of, I want to make them uncomfortable. Right. Then say you want to make them uncomfortable. Right, right. Don't pussyfoot and be like, oh, you know, I'm just sending reaction. Oh, did they yeah. get uncomfortable? Yeah. Oh, well. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> you won't make them uncomfortable? Make them uncomfortable. Make them but comfortable. be f- have balls with it. Right, right, right. Does that right. make sense? It does in a way. You know what I'm saying? It does, it does, it does. Um, you know, like me, I like, I like... I like laughs, of course. You know, when we like to tell a joke, I like laughs. Well, I also like when I tell a joke or say something, they go... Oh, okay, but but you but, but but you want them to feel that way. Um, I'm trying to think. I want them to laugh, but then I don't. I want them either to laugh or do that. Definitely. So you already have the expectation, right? All right. So, but do, do 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 you come and be like, oh, you know, I I hope. I wonder what reaction is going to happen today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you never know with the crowd. You know what I'm saying? You never know with the crowd. You never know if they're going to be sticking with you and listen to you the whole time. You know what I'm saying? Um, you never know because, like, you can think about it. Like, you you got to keep their attention, right? A lot of times, somebody's thinking about somebody else. You know? Somebody's thinking about their ex. Somebody's thinking about the guy or girl they like. You know what I'm saying? Or someone's thinking about the fucking problems that they can't fucking pay the rent this month. You know? So, who knows what the fucking person's thinking? You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't know. You know, re- recently, uh, I'm having a bit of a, what's the word? I'm not doing so good recently. I've been bombing a lot lately. Right. And I was like, you know, I just don't, I'm not hearing people laugh. Right, right, right. And a, and a person and a friend of mine's like, oh, dude, you're funny. It's just, you know, like he said, like he doesn't laugh, but he still thinks it's funny. Right. So there's a group of people who don't laugh, but find things funny. And I'm like, well, laugh. Like, <laughs> how am I supposed to know, right? Because right, right. if they don't laugh, you know, because that, that's our only indication that yeah. we're doing anything good right. is people laughing. Right. If, they, if they don't laugh, we assume the worst. Right, exactly. And he's like, yeah, we know. Usually people don't laugh, you know, but they still think it's good. They think it's okay, it's exactly. Like, how am I supposed to know? You know, I, I, I could have gotten, I, I'm sure I've already gotten rid of material because right. of that. Right. And that's just something like, you just keep doing and you try and figure it out. You got to figure it out, you know, like, oh, man, like VCP, Victor Cruz Perez, man. Yeah. That guy's a comedian, you know what I'm saying? Because he works so hard at it. 
And he's just a polished guy sometimes. I mean, I see that guy working on his computer. I, he know he records I, every set. I'm not saying I'm not saying it because he's my friend, yeah. but, but he's he's next big thing in my opinion. He around here, he's yeah. good, he's good. You know what I'm saying? You could totally tell. But he works so hard at it and uh he puts a lot of time into and it. And his shows. And his shows and yeah. it, all the shows, right? I'm trying to think where I was going with this. Uh but you know, he just keeps trying it and changes one little thing. And that it's like that comment, that one little thing where that lot, one little pause here and not there changes the whole joke. It's just, you just, it's, it's very detailed. Like comedy, stand up comedy is very detailed. You know, well, when you said it's like music or even in music, it's the smallest detail can change the tone of a song. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but let's see music man people like hear music and they see that and then they go oh man i wish i could play the guitar people people see stand up coming like oh man i could do better than that guy i can talk on a microphone no one's they just see that somebody's talking on a microphone you know what i'm saying so there's a lot of hatering is that a word hatering hatering i think you just made it up but but i get it (laughs) yeah i get the notion yeah you know what i'm saying Uh so it's just that thing like vcp works really hard at it and uh What's it called? He'll tell the, like, that's the thing. It's like one of those things. He talked to me. He's like, I, you know, he says, Paco, you know, you always do different stuff. I always do a lot of different material. VCP, he does the same material, but he's crafting it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? He's polishing it. And yeah. it's one of those things where, like, we're seeing each other's sides. It's like another grass is green on the other side. You know, yeah. I see how he does he, it. He, he sees how I do it. Actually, recently he told me that, too. He says, because I told him, I was like, dude, I, I'm just like, lately I'm just, you know, not doing very well on stage. And he says, Jorge, you're just because you're doing different stuff every time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just got to craft what you got and, and squeeze them the most you can out of that. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. at this one. But but yeah, and he has a really good point. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. That's why he's going to he's always going to be funny at major shows. He's always going to be. He knows what's he'll know what's funny. He knows what set he has. That's good. You know, whereas like me, that's not, we talked about comedians that influenced me. Chris Rock. Chris Rock always did new shit. Even when he was starting off and nobody knew him, he always did new shit. And that's how I want to be. I want to be a guy who always does new stuff. And I'm trying to always do new stuff. You know what I'm saying? I try and go to first guy. I never have the same set ever. I never have the same set ever. You know? And I'm always trying to do new shit. That's just what I like to do. You know what I'm saying? And there's plus and minuses to everything. You know what I'm saying? Ultimately, where would you like to be in comedy? I like to get paid, you know? <laughs> yeah. Definitely. You know, I like to, and it's the thing, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I like to get paid, and what's it called? Um, People go, hey, man, Fargo's going to do 20 minutes right now, you know what I'm saying? And I can go do 20 minutes, you know what I'm saying? And I'll get paid for that. Uh, it's very small. I don't need to be in a fucking film. I don't need to be in fucking uh, um, Anything like a DVD, I just want to get paid when I do stuff. It's really small. You want to be a working comic? A working comic, man. Uh, That's why I always cater to open mics that have more than five minutes. Because I I don't want to just be a five-minute comedian. I want to be a fucking 15, 20-minute comedian. That's why I like rooms like Paul Brumba. You know Paul Brumba? Have you been to his room, The Underground? Mm -hmm. Or Backyard Coffee Tonight on Saturday night. I really got to get myself out there, yeah. You know, he'll you can sometimes get eight, nine minutes there. You know what I'm saying? And that beats going to some place that only gives you four mi- five minutes. You know what I'm saying? That totally beats it. You know what I'm saying? Because 
I want to be more than just a five-minute comedian. I want to be able to go up there, talk, and last long. You know? Same thing with comedy and sex. I want to last long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, that's why I want to be more than... I'm, that's the whole thing. I want to be more than a five-minute comedian. That's why when you put me on your... As headliner, I did 17 minutes, the longest I ever been. I was so proud of it. Thanks for putting me on. And I want to do more. I want to do, I want to go 20, 30 minutes, dude. You know what I'm saying? It's all about balls, los huevos. Yeah, I remember I, I did 30 minutes once, and it taught me a lot. Was that at the show where, where we were on? When yeah, I music, yeah, you I were music. on it too. I played music, though. Yeah, it was the time with the side concert. They had me on. As the as the comedian, mm-hmm. I did a thirty minute set, and man, I was like, "Whoa!" Like I need to practice my endurance up here, mm-hmm. because but by the tenth minute, I'm already like, "Oh <laughs> shit!" Mm-hmm. I think all my good stuff is already <laughs> went out the door. <laughs> no. I still remember that because I stood, I sat in front that night, and I had my friend, and he hanged out. Uh, and I feel you, so bad. I'm so no, sorry. I feel bad. But it was funny. I like the what you did is that you didn't you tape your set list. On the window? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, where is he looking at his stuff? <laughs> he keeps looking at this window. What's he doing? And then I finally read like 20 minutes. That's where his set is, dude. <laughs> you thought I was just randomly looking yeah, at the I window? Yeah, I looking at the window, like looking at people walking by. But then that's where his set, it's taped on it. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I was looking at the window, hoping for a miracle to save my ass or something. <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, man, dude. But hey, that's what it's about, you know? I want to, you know, I want to be more than a five-minute comedian. That's quote me, you know. So it's, you're not looking to be on TV. Hey, man, if they want to put me on TV, go for it, dude. But man, I don't want to. I just want to get paid for my art, whether it's music, or or stand-up comedy or improv. You know, I just want to get paid for my art. You know what I'm saying? And that's another thing. I look at art. I look at stand-up. I never ask people. Go, hey, what you think, man? I. I I really do that to select. Um, I mean, I my sister. I might go. My sister go. Hey, what'd you think? But you'll never hear me. I never ask anyone because this is an art. What we're doing, you know, stand up comedy is an art. We're gonna learn ourselves, you know. Uh, this is just how I think, you know. I never ask anybody. It's just the way I'm gonna learn is if I go out there, jump in the water, try and learn how to swim. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's the way I learn. It's definitely an art form. I yeah, think. and I feel I feel a lot of people in the art community don't really see it as it. I feel like they. It's sad, <laughs> you know, because this is an art form, dude. Motherfuckers can't come. There's people who are firefighters will go into a side of burning building, save, put their life on the line, save people, come out. But they can't go in front of fucking 20 people, 10 people, and do and talk to people. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you know, it's one of those things, man. But I do know that you're on the radio. You got a radio mm-hmm. show. What's it called? It's uh, So I'm on RadioValencia.fm in San Francisco. We broadcast straight from the mission. And um, I do Friday mornings, 10 a.m. till noon o'clock. And my show's called Spontaneous Innuendos. Yeah. How'd you get a radio show? Um, there. So should I? I'll just start from. So I started doing radio at KSCU Santa Clara. That's Santa Clara University's radio station. 2002 to 2010. Did you go to school there? No, I snuck in, man. <laughs> I snuck in, bro. Whoa. I uh-huh. did, dude. It took a year, almost a year, before they allowed me in there. But I finally got in, and I didn't let go. 
So from like 2002 to 2010, I was doing radio at KCU Santa Clara. Hold on, we'll go back. I still want to know how how you get in. Like, were they like, oh, this guy's here? No, no. How I got into the radio? Like, did you get kicked out because you weren't a student, but you just came back the next day? No. Um. So here's how I got in. I used to be in a band. You remember I did music. Right. I got um, I we got onto a. Uh, a show at radio at the radio station. She said, "Hey, you want to play on my show? You're in your band. We got in a band. We played. It was a Friday night show. The DJ's name was Spectator. She's still on. She's on every Friday mornings, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on KCU.org. Her name is Spectator. Her show's The Mix Files. She she had our band on the show. I saw everything she was doing, and I was like, man, this looks fun. I want to be a DJ at a radio station, you know. So I applied." The first year, they didn't even contact me. They didn't even say anything. And then the next year, I, I think I told you this. I was working at a job, and then I got fired. In the bar? No, this was uh, at a hotel front desk. And I got fired. Why? Because I hit on the, the owner's, the, the manager's niece. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> was it worth it? It was because I went to, to the radio right after that. Because oh, yeah. it was so funny. She was throwing it out there, dude. And was I, she? Yeah, dude. <laughs> fuck this shit, dude. She's throwing it out there. And what's it called? I, you know, I asked her out. And what's it, it called? The next week later, I was fired. You know all you did was ask her out? I asked her out to a movie. You know what I'm saying? That's it. Hey, well, I remember. I go, you want to go see Spider-Man with me? <laughs> with Tobey Maguire? Did she go? No. Oh, man. But she was... I, I'm telling you, she wanted it. Though, That's pretty man. harmless, dude. Just asking her out. Uh, he got fired for it. And I and basically I got laid off. But because I got laid off, two months later I got on the radio. Uh huh. And then I, mean, I was on the radio from 2002 to 2010. Eight years, man. Wow. What a ride, dude. Oh man, I love that radio station. KCU.org, KCU Santa Clara. I got nothing for love for that place. You know what I'm saying? Nothing but love. And. I did that, and then I, it was one of those things where I did something for eight years, and then I was like, why am I doing this? So I took a year off just to kind of, like, find myself. Soul searching? Soul searching. Why are we doing radio? And then a year off, I realized, man, I like radio. <laughs> so I went to San Francisco, and I've been there since 2011. Yeah, so I'm almost, like, three, four years in there, something like that. I love it, man. I love it. Radio rocks, man. You know, my show, I play music and I tell stories, play music, tell stories, play music, tell stories. You know what I'm saying? That's my show. And it's every week? Every Friday morning, 10 a.m. to noon o'clock on RadioValencia.fm. I hope to hear from you. Radio Valencia. Yeah, man. I'd love it. Radio's any, any, awesome. Any crazy stories from there? Oh, RadioValencia.fm. Let's see. My stories for RadioValencia.fm. Um, I told you the not nothing crazy, but I got to uh, interview Mr. Leahy from the Trailer Park Boys. Boys, yeah, you know. How do you arrange that? Um, we were doing ticket giveaways for the, for their show. They were coming to San Francisco, and then the lady who was doing ticket giveaways, she's like, "Hey, Faco, you want to interview him?" I was like, "Yeah, I'll interview him." And then that's how I came. You know, nothing too crazy, man. Not there. I have crazy stories at KSU, but that's it. What happened in KSU? Um, I took a brownie one time and I did my show. Yeah. And then I thought someone was going to kill me. <laughs> right? I, okay, I'm telling you, I, this is the truth. I, I never really told this story ever. I thought someone was going to kill me because I got so fucking paranoid. 
and someone was actually knocking on the door of the radio station, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they would they were like uh, banging on it, right? So I felt like, man, I'm so scared. I felt like my best option was to lock myself in this radio station and lock the door, right? Did you plead for help on the air? I called for, I called, I, I didn't plead on the, on, the, on the air, but I called <laughs> all my five good friends to come and get me, Yeah. plus my brother, uh-huh. you know what I'm saying? So they came down and get me. I called Campus Safety. Uh-huh. I told them, you guys, I locked myself in the room. You need to come get me now, now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I had campus security come and get me. Like, you thought that some serial killer after you or just some random... I just thought it was just some guy who wanted to kill Faco. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it was a brownie. It was the brownie. You know? So, fucking... <laughs> this is true. This is 100% true. I never told the story. So, fucking... Um, I locked myself in the room and it's, I locked myself. Get that? I, I, you know, it was one of those where I had the lock inside. So I locked myself. I made people who had keys come and get me. So I knew they were legit. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Because yeah. only someone who's legit has the key to the room. Right. You know? So I locked myself in the room. And, and every time I was in that room, I kept thinking, okay, there's going to be like four guys trying to bum rush me right now. I'm going to fucking get ready. I'm going to throw, I had a conga. I'm going to throw a conga at their head right now. And I'm going gonna... <laughs> to start swinging. I don't care. While all this was going through your head, you're still oh, professional man. on the air. Yeah. <laughs> Never, I didn't let nobody, nobody know on the air. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and finally campus safety came. They unlocked the door and I finally knew it was campus safety. And then all my friends were there. And then. Uh, was it your friends who were banging the door for no, you? No, it was an, it was somebody else. No, we don't know who it is, dude. That's the whole thing. We don't know who it is, you know. And then I remember me and my friends started circling the building, yeah, like doing like perimeter checks. You know what I'm saying? Are they still around here? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. And then that was my brownie incident. <laughs> okay. what, what, what would anyone kill Faco, dude? Because I talk a lot of shit. I'm a loud mouth. You know what I'm saying? Do you? Yeah, you have enemies out there. Uh, I might, you know, but I like on the radio. I'm loud. I'm mm. a loud mouth, so that's why. Do, do you know if you pissed off anybody? I'm sure I pissed off people. I say stuff, you know. I say stuff about. I give my opinions on the air. Not everyone's gonna agree on my opinion. You know what I'm saying? On uh, what sort of subjects? Oh man, uh, let's see. I don't know. I'll just say something like, uh, like I'll say maybe how rat about the cops. You know what I'm saying? What uh-huh. if some guy, like I did this at a comedy show. I did this comedy show. And I talked about the cops, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I remember I'm like hanging out, just watching the rest of the show. And then some guy comes up. He's all, you know, my uncle was a cop. So what? You know, my uncle was a great cop. He always took care of me. Not all cops are bad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, I didn't say all cops are bad. I'm just tired of cop story. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's just how people that's are. Kinda, people take it personal. That's a douche move on his part. You know, it's like. Yeah, you know, and it has nothing to do with tonight, dude. Yeah, your, your, your uncle's a cop, so what? Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny because the guy talks like, you know, my cop, my my uncle helped me out so much. He told me that every time I got into trouble, I don't all I have to do is say his name. It's like, whoa, well, whoa, fucking look wait. at this guy, dude. He's got the privileged life. He can say a fucking cop's name and nothing's going to happen to him. What about the rest of us? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, what about the regular guys who don't know any cops? You know what I'm saying? You have bad experience with the cops? No, I just, um, you know, you see things and um, you just talk about it. You just hear about it. News, you know, look at all the news, Baltimore, all that stuff, you know. Uh, was it Missouri, Ferguson, all that shit. It's all uh-huh. happening, dude. So you just talk about what you see and what you hear and what you read. You know what I'm saying? You no, know, I think I made a joke when Ferguson was happening, and I think I offended somebody. Yeah. There was this chick in the balcony, and I, I forgot I forgot how the joke. I'm sure it was a stupid joke, 
It was still like fresh when the riots were happening. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. And then she walked out and she looked at me like she didn't. She not break eye contact as she was walking because wow. you know how in the stage of Frascati it's near mm-hmm. the the uh, exit. Mm-hmm. And she didn't break eye contact with me and she was just mad, Whoa. just mad. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. what I said. Yeah. But it is a comedy show. It's a comedy show, but people take it so serious sometimes, you know? Well, do you feel there's a responsibility when it comes to a comedian touching on certain subjects? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. I mean, but... Because for me, like, right now, people, as I feel right now, like, from what I hear about the, the, the media, like, social media, is these days people expect, especially famous comedians... To be, you know, social commentator, commentators, mm-hmm. you know, and it's kind of sad because like they're comedians, yeah. oh. and it's and also to you know to be very um, socially conscious of their jokes, and it's like you can't have it both ways. You can't, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. And it's they're not politicians. They're not you know educators, and yet people exp- you know like Amy Schumer for example. She's mm-hmm. she's red hot right now. And right now she's hitting all the right spots. I, I think she's one of the great ones right now. Mm-hmm. And the things she make fun of socially, social commentated, it's great. But that's only because at, as of right now they're agreeing with what she's making fun of. Right. You know, eventually, you know, I'm sure like most comedians, they're gonna they're gonna look at things a different way and make fun of it differently. And people are gonna fucking you know go at it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Or am I being paranoid? No, no, no. I think you're right. You're right. How it is You know People are always gonna come Everybody's gonna always Have an opinion On everything You know what I'm saying Like they love you When you make jokes That you know They, they agree with But the minute you make a joke They, they don't agree with They'll let you know They already judge you As a person Right They're already judging you They're already judging you They're already saying Oh man look at this guy Man he doesn't know What life is He doesn't know What this is But What people gonna realize Is just we're just Trying to be funny man We're just trying to Make people laugh And but we're human. That's another thing. It's like maybe we try and make a joke, but maybe we put our opinions too much into that joke. You know, so it comes out too serious. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. What are you going to do, man? It's a comedy. You just try and hope to think that people look at it like it's comedy and don't get too offended by it. You know? Going back to your radio stuff, yeah. uh, do, you, do you have like any regular listeners? I do. So, dude. This I'll, I'll I'll take you in. This is what this is my day at the radio station. Okay, I catch the Caltrains. Mm-hmm. Caltrains, uh, let's say eight oh five Mountain View. I get to San San Francisco at nine oh five, right downtown Fourth Street and King. I walk from Fourth Street and King to to the Mission. You know, the Mission's about two and a half miles. So I do that walk. I get there. It's one of those walks where I can't stop and talk to people. I have to just keep walking so I get there on time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I get to my show about five minutes before it starts. I go on my show. And what's it called? Basically, it's two hours of trek time just to get to my show. Do my show. And I do my radio show for the five people that I know are listening. That's all I do. it. And then I have a thing in my brain going, every show I do... I think I can get one new listener every show I do. That's my thing. That's my goal. I can get one new listener every Friday. So I've been doing, I have two, over 200 episodes, okay? So 
theoretically, with Faco's calculations, I have over 200 listeners. You know what I'm saying? Because the way I look at it is I get a new listener every time I do a show. So, back to my calculations, 205 people are listening to my show. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But for what I know for sure, five people are listening to my show. Uh And I do it for those five people. I wake up early. I do a two-hour trek so I can entertain those five people listening to my show. And that's all I need. I don't care about anything else as long as those five people are listening and enjoying the show. And so far, so good, man. So basically, what Faco knows for sure who are listening to my show is five people. <laughs> that's that's the way I do it, and I'm gonna and I'll and I'll put my heart out. I I'll, I'll like Thursdays. I always you know get my radio show ready. I'm trying to figure out music. You like movie quotes? I love movie quotes. I always play movie quotes. You love movies, you know. So I play movie quotes. Find out what's funny, what's good. But I always do it for the five people that I know are listening to my radio show. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay with me. I, you know, as long as I got that, I'm happy, dude. Yeah. I don't need any more. I mean, I'll take more, but I don't need any more. In some weird way, I, re- I resonate with that. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. It, with this podcast, you know, I feel like, okay, I know at least three people might listen to it. Or, yeah. or But, you know, you never know. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that you should take that way. Like, every time you put one out, it's not it's not a, it's not a unforeseeable, you know, thing. One person, you can get one new person every time you put one out. That's 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 a good goal that it can be accomplished. You know what I'm saying? Any tips to be a good uh, host? You know, you're doing it, man. You're doing it. Look at me, man. You 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 hella made me feel at home. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm hanging out. This guy picked me up from the light rail station. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and that's the kind of thing I used to do when I had a car and I had a show at at, at Case at Santa Clara. I used to book artists. I go, can you get down here? Like I get close to there. Well, I'll pick you up. And you come to my house, and you come to our radio station. You know what I'm saying? And that's what you're doing. You're doing this. You're doing it right now, man. You know, you're trying to make the person feel comfortable. So whoever's on your show, you make the feel, person feel comfortable. That's gonna be a better show for you. You know. <laughs> so I thank you for. Well, thank you me up, for the compliments. Man. You're doing it, man. You're doing but it. But I know radio is different from podcasting. Yeah. Do Do you see? Uh, what's your opinion on that? Uh, I I don't really have much of an opinion. I mean. Uh, one advantage you got is that you could fucking edit. Yeah. Right? Make me make me sound less stupid. Or you know, or sound more better. You or know better. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? Um because make, that, doing radio, that's one of my fears. It's like, dude, yeah. this is live. God knows yeah. what the hell I'm gonna say. Yeah. I might say something super stupid or, you know, I might cuss on the air. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. another fear I have. Hey, you know, you just go with it. It's like life. You know, you're gonna go out there and go where you gotta go, go to work. You're going to sometimes say something stupid. Sometimes you're going to sound like a genius, but it's an everyday thing. It's like uh, you just keep doing it. The show must go on. That's my all in my mind. That's what I know. The show must go on. And as long as you got that in your brain, you're all right. You're doing good. Show must go on. Must go on, no uh, matter what. Even if I stutter all the time, I mess up words, man. I I, I don't even at my radio show, sometimes I'll, I'll back announce the songs. And they're not the right songs, you know what I'm saying? I, I think I say it's the wrong artist, but I don't care. Fuck it, dude. I have a thing where like, motherfucker, everybody's got a Shazam or what's the other Shazam? Uh, I have no idea. Oh, you know the the they have everybody has a program to 
to listen to a song and they could tell you what that song so is. You, so you're like, it's their problem. It's their problem. <laughs> and I always tell people, you want to know what song I'm playing? Call my show up and I'll let you know. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You know, this is the it's 2015, man. It's too easy to find out about shit now. It's way too easy, you know? Amen to that. Mm-hmm. All right, man. We hit the one hour mark. We're closing up shop. We're here. doing an hour? We were doing yeah. an hour? Yeah, that was Jesus an hour. Jesus Christ, man. It feels like five minutes, dude. Does it? <laughs> hey, dude, if this is such a good interview, thank you so much. Oh, you know? uh, where can people find your stuff? Oh, man. So you got the radio show. So I got RadioValencia.fm, Friday mornings, uh, 10 a.m. to noon. My show's called Spontaneous Innuendos. I, I listened to it once. You had Pete Munoz. You were interviewing him. Uh, yeah. That was a good interview. Thanks, buddy. I, I, I actually you, came late to work to, just to you know stay oh, home thanks, and listen man. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a good show. I mean, uh, Pete Moon is a good guy. I had him on there. And me and him are, uh, are alike where I remember he's all, you don't have anything planned? He's all, you don't have any questions planned? You don't have anything? I was like, no, nah, I don't. He's all, I like that. He's all, I like that. I like that. <laughs> you know? And I got Pete Munoz's, uh, you know, what's the word? Um, you know. I don't know. But anyways, he was cool with it. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Uh-huh. Okay. You know, so I was happy with that. But we had a good interview. And a lot of people actually talked to me about that that podcast. It was really good. You know, so uh, Friday mornings, 10 a.m. till noon. My show spontaneous innuendos on Radio Valencia dot FM. So it's a website. It's a website. Dot FM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now we're working on a lot of things. This is a community radio station. You know, uh, it's just people, regular people like you and me building something. And this is like the first, this is ground. We're at ground zero right now. We could be, you know, we could be going to the top. It's just. We'll see how hard we want to work. You know what I'm saying? Any other things you can check you out? Uh, Are you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter. That's the only thing, social media site I'm on. It's uh, My handle is ITSFACO. It's FACO. And you go on Twitter, look me up. You can contact me there. My website or um, my email is FACO, F-A-C-O underscore 27 at yahoo.com. That's FACO underscore 27 at yahoo.com. Contact me if you want to book me. Or uh, you want any questions? You can contact me there. Oh, there you go. Yeah, or man. you know, if you want to go watch Spider Man in the movies. With yeah, you. dude. <laughs> <laughs> that was but, a callback. Yeah, that was a callback. You brought that back, man. <laughs> now I'm gonna get fired from a job, dude. Oh, <laughs> All right, uh, Falco. Thank you once again for coming. Hey, Jorge. Thank you so much, dude. Let's do an on-air handshake, puppy. There you go. You, you're awesome. Thanks for uh, having me on the show. Thanks for the support. And thanks for just coming and, you know, you know, you go somewhere and I have no one to talk to. And then I know, hey, Jorge's there. I could talk to him a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah? I'm not a big networking kind of guy. I'm not a big, hey, man, I'm a, I want to hang out with all these comedians. Now I'm usually by myself. And when I know I see Jorge, I could talk to somebody. So thanks, Doc. I feel like you're pretty good at networking. I, I'm not that good, but I fake it. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm the same way. People yeah. are like, Jorge, I wish I could network like you. He's like, dude, I'm like, right now, I just want to be under like in a corner and by myself right now all right <laughs> i'm kind of faking it time <laughs> yeah. but anyway Falco, thank you for coming on the show hey thank you appreciate so much it. but i appreciate it